0: Get going um, and go from there. So let's pray, Father God. I love you. thank you for today. Thank you for being good to us, Lord. I thank you for uh, just the uh, the Passpoint class and um, Lord. It's it's odd to see uh, such a small group today, but Lord, we just know that you're working in the lives of the people, and uh, we also know that you know if everybody was here, we wouldn't know where to sit. So, uh, God, I do pray that you bless those who are out today for various reasons. I pray you bless those that are in the ministry. and uh, Lord, it's just the holiday season and we've all got a lot of things going on, but I do pray that we stay focused on you, uh, that our uh, affections are set on things above uh, and we don't get caught up in uh, just the the Americanized uh, Christmas, Lord, because uh, without uh, a Savior's birth, there would be no purpose in it. So I pray that we do uh, stay focused on those things. I pray you just bless your word today as we jump back into the book of Joshua and uh, we get into some... Some details of what's going on uh, here, Lord. I do pray that you would just uh, speak to us. There's uh, some kind of things that we don't, you know, usually talk about or don't completely understand. And so I pray that these would be your words and not mine. That uh, it would come off clear and concise, and uh, that you would just uh, get the honor and, and the glory for it, Lord. I pray for the team that's coming back from Oaxaca here in the next couple days, Lord, as they wrap up their trip, I pray their time there has been fruitful. I pray that uh, you would just be a God of uh, the details as they get back. Uh, just allow them to get back safely to their families. Continue to pray for those who have stayed back with the stuff. and. Uh, Just uh, ministered uh, from here as they were there. And so I just uh, do pray that things go well there. Pray for Nick this week as uh, he's trying to wrap up some things with work and uh, also, you know, get ready to have some some work done on his body. I pray that things would go well, uh, better than expected, uh, Lord, and that you would just get the honor and the glory. So pray you just speak to us today uh, in Christ's name. Amen. Okay. It's really, it's, I don't know, it's just odd, like there's nobody here, and so I just, I don't know, it's just weird. Okay, so uh, we're in Joshua, if your Bible's open up to Joshua chapter 5, so we've been rolling through the book of Joshua uh, fairly quickly, and so uh, I have something I'm going to start today, I'm not going to get it done, not because I knew that I was only going to have 28 minutes, but uh, there's, there's some stuff here, and I want to finish it up next week, and then um, The week after that will be the week before Christmas. I'll probably do something uh, along those lines just because, you know, that's just what you do is (laughs) you do something on Christmas. And then uh, the week after that will be the day after Christmas. We'll do our passport thing, and that will get us into New Year's, which will, you know, usually give us some sort of a focus, vision type of thing. Uh, And then so it will probably be 2nd or maybe even third week of January before we get back into Joshua, which will be good because uh, that's going to roll us into Joshua chapter 6, which is, uh, you know, my favorite chapter in Joshua where they go in and they uh, knock down Jericho, and so there's so many cool things that are there with that. So anyway, with all of that, not that you all really need to know all that, but just kind of, I was working through the calendar in my head earlier, and so so joshua chapter 5 we're going to get through uh i'm going to read just the chapter to you right and so there's only 15 verses it's not all that much and then uh, i'm going to give you uh i've got three things today and i'm going to give you the first two and the third one's going to take us all week next week because there's a lot of stuff there and so uh what I have for you today is uh, three questions answered, right? It's not really a really awesome, sexy title, uh, but just three questions answered uh, in Joshua chapter five today. And so we're going to get through the first two today. So, Joshua chapter five, I'll just read through this. So, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. God says, Hey, here's the promised land. Actually go and take it. We just spent two chapters talking about how they crossed the Jordan River, which was a miracle all on its own. He stopped the water. They crossed over. You know, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people. It's like the population of Kansas City trying to cross a river. It's going to take a while. And this massive thing just happened, right? And like, we don't really process that it was that big in magnitude. And you can only imagine what the people of the land thought as they saw this happen. Because you know they're watching from afar. They've heard of what's happening. They've heard that they're coming. And now that it actually happened, they've got to be terrified. And so now they've crossed the river. They're actually, their feet are in the promised land, finally. And so you get to chapter 5, and it's like, now what are we going to do? And God says, I've got a few things we need to take care of before we get too crazy here. And so Joshua chapter 5, and uh, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass... When all the kings of the Amorites which were on uh, were on the side of Jordan westward and all the kings of the Canaanites which were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until uh, we were passed over that their hearts or that their heart melted and neither was there any spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel just like you would think they crossed the river and they're just terrified like it doesn't matter how big our army is there's no way that we can stand before these people like their God stops the river, right? Their god uh, makes, you know, seas split in half. So what what hope do we have? And you would think that God would be like, now you're here, charge, <laughs> right? But it's not like that. God's like, okay, I got something else I want to happen first. Verse 2, and uh, and at that time the Lord said in Joshua, like, go get them, son. No, he says, he says, make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. Like, what? That's what you want us to do? Like, and we'll get into this whole thing, right? Now, Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. Like, that's not really a cool place to be, but uh, and this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. Like, so why did he do this? Weren't the children of Israel already circumcised, right? This happened back in Genesis. Well, here's why. Uh, all the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even uh, all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way. Uh, all they that came out of Egypt. <clears throat> now all the people that came, uh, that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way uh, as they came forth out of Egypt, then they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness to all the people that were uh, men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord swore that He would not show them the land. Which He... Uh, which the Lord swear unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth milk and honey. Verse seven. And the children whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, uh, for they were uncircumcised before they had uh, not circumcised them. By the way, meaning in the wilderness. Verse eight. And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people, that they abode in their places in the camp until they were whole. Uh, they had to heal up. Okay. First nine. The Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from uh, off you. Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal until this day. And let's just right there. So here's, I'll kind of just give you the rollout of what just happened because you're just like, what did he just say? Right? So back in Genesis, God told Abraham, hey, uh, I'm going to make a covenant with you. Uh, You need, and part of this covenant is you need to circumcise all the males. And we'll talk about why they did this in a minute because circumcision is the kind of thing that's like, why are they talking about this in the Bible? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But anyway, just some backstory. So they, they They tell the children of Israel back in Genesis, hey, uh, Abraham, you need to uh, be a a people that are set apart, right? So circumcise all your people. And so that's what they did. And he also said that moving forward, right? Because in Genesis, they went through and like they did a group circumcision, right? All the males, all the way up, right? But from here forward, now, uh, right? Rough day in the camp, as Chris Engel would say, right? Uh, Anyway, I remember when I talked to that in Genesis, he told me that and I was just like, You're exactly right, Chris. Anyway, so uh, from that day forward, uh, the command was, any male child, uh, you circumcise them on the eighth day. Okay, and so that's what they did. That was the law, right? So any male child that would circumcise on the eighth day, this happened all the way up through uh, the time that they were slaves in Egypt. Uh, But then after they left Egypt, they go into the wilderness, right? And then God says, hey, send 12 spies, right? They send 12... Two of them come back with a good report. Ten of them come back with a bad report. They're like, "No, we can't go." So instead of taking the promise and like God told them to, uh, they, God says, "You're going to walk in the wilderness for 40 days or 40 years, not 40 days." Okay. And so the whole point is, in the wilderness, they stopped doing this. They probably didn't have the resources to do this. Uh, the wilderness was it was pretty barren. They didn't have food to eat. They didn't have anything. They had manna, and so they the command had stopped. And so basically the reason they had to reinstate circumcision here in Joshua is because for 40 years they didn't do this until all the people that were men of war, so anybody that was basically 20 years old and older when they went into the wilderness had to die before they could go into the promised land. So now, you know, other than Joshua, he's the only person, right? And so uh, they go... Um, They cross into the promised land, and God's like, okay, we're going to reinstate this. Before we do anything else, before we go and take over any land, any city, we're going to reinstate what? My covenant with you, right? Because a covenant relationship, a personal relationship with God, is more important than anything that can happen, any good work that you can do. And so that's kind of what they're saying, is the reason that we are redoing this is because y'all stopped doing this, and this is the most important thing. And so the question would be then, why is this so important? Like, no, that's not your question. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just kind of coming up. So, your question for your notes: Why was circumcision required a second time? That's the answer. The, the question is going to get answered. Why was circumcision required a second time? So, the question you have in your mind is like, Why do we care? Right? Like, okay, that's what happened, but why does this have anything to do with me? So, uh, why was circumcision required a second time? Well. Let's just, I'll I'll read you some verses. I usually don't do this, but I want to make sure once and for all, because I've kind of hit this topic a little bit here and there as we went through Genesis, and we talked about circumcision when we were in Romans, because they were talking about the circumcision and the uncircumcision, which would mean what? The Jews and the un Jews, right? Because the. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you laughing at me? Right? The non-Jews, un-Jews, whatever. Uh, so anyway, uh, we know the nation of Israel were commanded to be circumcised, right? And so the Gentiles were known uh, to not be circumcised. So when you're reading in Romans and they talk about the circumcision or the uncircumcision, right? That They're talking about the, the Jewish people and the not-Jewish people. That's not what we're talking about here. So I'm going to take just a little bit of time and I'm going to try to explain this the best way that I can. And uh, not just the best way, but why you should care. Because most people are like, okay, whatever. Like, give me something that I should. I, I want to try to figure this thing out once and for all. And so y'all can tell everybody who's not here and, and it'd be done. But so the, this was first commanded uh, by God to Abraham, right? There was the Abrahamic covenant. And God was like, hey, I'm going to give you four things, right? I could put the HBI guys on the spot right now, but uh, a name, a land, a seed, and a blessing, right? Four things God promised Abraham in this in this covenant, right? And one of the requirements was you're going to have to be, you know, circumcised. You're going to have to be set apart. You're going to have to look different. And so in Genesis 17 verses 11 to 14, I'll just read these to you, so you don't have to do this, but. Uh, it says, And you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man, child in your generations. He that is born in the house or bought with money of any stranger which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be uh, in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Verse 14, And the uncircumcised man child whose flesh of the foreskin is not circumcised, that, uh, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken in my covenant. So in Genesis 17, God's telling Abraham, this is kind of the rules of this thing. You're going to uh, be circumcised. You're going to circumcise all of your male children or any of the, let's just call them what they are, slaves that you buy uh, up until this point. They have to be circumcised because it was kind of like their way of saying, this is my covenant. You're taking it upon you. If you choose not to do this, don't expect any blessing. Right? And that's basically what he's trying to say. I'm trying to put it in words that kind of, Maybe resonate. So he's like, "Don't expect anybody. If you choose not to keep my covenant, then don't expect any blessing." You get into Joshua; it's the same type of thing. So now you're in the Promised Land. Don't expect any blessing unless you're going to reestablish my covenant. And so that's very physical, right? We're talking about you know cutting the skin, and y'all know what we're talking about. And it's like, okay, so why why does this matter? So once the the children of Egypt, uh, left Egypt, circumcision stopped while they were in the wilderness. In Joshua five. God reinstates the command before any further blessing is going to take place. So the question... Not the question you need right now, but the question you would have in your mind. Because I know I've had the same question in my mind as I uh, was trying to figure this whole thing out. Why should I care, right? <laughs> like it's why? Why am I? Why are we talking about like people who lived a long time ago uh, getting circumcised, right? Why is this important? Well, we're going to talk about it. Why do we care about circumcision? What is the point of God telling them to do this, right? No, so here's what you need to know. Nothing that God commands or does is for naught. Right? Nothing that God does in this book is for naught. Nothing that happens that seems like, well, that's a cool story, but it has nothing to do with it. Nothing that God does in this book is for naught. You need to understand that. Nothing at all. Everything that He does is either pointing to something to come or picturing something bigger. Right? Especially in the Old Testament. Everything that He talks about, right, is either pointing to something to come or it's picturing something bigger. The same is true in this case. So let's, let's just talk about this for a minute. The physical circumcision is picturing what? Spiritual. A spiritual circumcision. And you're like, well, what is it? What are you talking about? So the physical circumcision is, is pointing to a spiritual circumcision that takes place in a person's heart when they get saved. And you're like, well, how do you know that? Because I've said that. Every time I've talked through the circumcision thing, I'm like, hey, the physical circumcision points to a, a spiritual circumcision. And you're like, okay, yeah, I know the right answer, right? Uh, Brian could ask that in main service. He could be like, hey, what is circumcision pointing to? 75% of the people in the congregation would be like, it's pointing to a spiritual circumcision. And he could be like, and I could be like right now, what does that mean? And a lot of you would be like, it's pointing to a spiritual circumcision, right? That's what it is. That's the answer. Okay, so I'm going to show you why, what that even means, right? And so Deuteronomy chapter 10, Verse 12 to 16. I don't usually do a lot of verses, but sometimes you have to to kind of understand uh, what is happening here. And there's several verses, so if you want to flip, you can. If not, just jot them down and I'll read them to you. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12 to 16. This is the first time that circumcision is talked about after Genesis, right? After God says, hey, you need to do this physically, right? Here's the first time that circumcision is talked about. 10 uh, ten, twelve 10, 12 to 16 says, And now, Israel, talking about the entire nation, right? What doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in his way, in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord, his statutes, which I command thee this day, um, for thy. Uh, for thy good. Verse 14, behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the, uh, the Lord thy gods, the earth also that will, that is therein. Verse 15, only the Lord hath the right in the fathers that, uh, to love them and to choose their seed after them, even, uh, you above all people until this day. So basically he's like, hey, what do we have to do to be, you know, he's talking about like, what does God require of thee? He's like, just keep his commandments, right? And he, verse 16 is what we need to get to. He says, circumcised therefore, the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. But what does that mean? This is the first time that it talks about circumcising your heart and what that looks like, right? But he says, circumcise your heart and be no more stiff-necked. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 5-8, The Lord thy God will bring me into thy land, which thy fathers possessed. No coincidence that we are in the story where they're finally coming into the land. right? And thou shalt possess it. And he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. <clears throat> and the Lord thy God will circumcise thy heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. And the Lord thy God will put on or put all the curses upon the enemies and on them that hate thee, which persecuted thee. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments which I commanded thee. He says you need to circumcise your heart. What does that mean, Jeremiah? Chapter four, I'm, I'm leading to something, right? So they're kind of they're kind of building to something. We're going to talk about what exactly is what is he talking about? Jeremiah chapter four. Now we're getting to the prophets, verses three and four. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground and sow not among the thorns. Meaning, you need to break up your heart. It's hard, and sow some seed where it needs to go. Verse four, circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart. Ye men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn, like uh, burn that none can quench it, because of the evil of your doings. So three different verses talk about you need to circumcise the foreskin of your heart. What is he talking about? Right. Well, fast forward to the New Testament. Let's hit a couple of verses, and it'll kind of wrap up into, you know, what exactly is happening here. You get to Colossians chapter two. So we know that for or circumcision is like this. Physical thing. It's a cutting away of skin. Okay? But then we're talking about the spiritual circumcision. What is he talking about? Okay, we'll get to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 15. As you have therefore received Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, Uh, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments. Now, Brenton, after the rudiments, right? It's a drum word. I didn't know that until Britain told me that. Um, but anyway, After the, the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ, For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. Verse 11, In whom also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Meaning, you can't get physically, physically circumcised without somebody's hands being a part of that, right? It doesn't work like that. It takes somebody holding a knife. That's just the way it works. Okay, so he's talking about a circumcision made without hands. So well, he must be talking about this circumcision of the heart that we've been hitting, in whom you were, you, in whom also you are circumcised in the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. "...buried with him in baptism, we were also risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he hath quickened, meaning brought to life, together with him, Hath uh, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out of the hand- handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took, a, uh, took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled uh, principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing... Over it in them. So what he's he what he's saying is this spiritual circumcision happens at when at salvation. He takes your body that is full of sin, your flesh that is full of sin. And he basically says, I can cut that away. So when you get saved, it's not like you get a new body. That's coming. You know, if you wanted to learn about that, jump into D two. We'll talk about you know your glorified body and all that. Okay. So what he's saying is when you get saved. You don't get a new body, but you get a new spirit. And this new spirit really can't dwell with this old body. Like right? they don't it's like oil and water. They don't go well together, right? And so what he's saying is I'm going to spiritually cut away your flesh from this new spirit, meaning you don't have to dwell together anymore, right? You don't have to look like the world anymore. You don't have to be ungodly anymore. And that's what we're talking about. 2 Corinthians. This is the last verse that kind of ties this whole thing together, right? He says, "I." He he says in Colossians, "I'm going to take your uncircumcised heart, meaning your very worldly heart, and I'm going to cut it away and make it make it something that's pure." Second Corinthians five sixteen says says, "Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh," meaning. Once you're saved, you shouldn't look like the old guy anymore. You shouldn't look like the guy who is doing those things anymore, that's still caught up in the world anymore. right? He says, Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, uh, yet now henceforth know we Him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Right. This spiritual circumcision is pointing towards this salvation, right? Of you not looking like you used to anymore. Of something different happening. By God telling. Let me sum this whole thing up. By God telling the children of Israel to get circumcised before they could go into battle, He was telling them several things, and none of them had anything to do with their actual flesh, right? People are like, why did they have to get circumcised? Like, what does that have anything to do with going into battle? It honestly had nothing to do with it. Because you have to understand that God is trying to picture something bigger. Always. He's always trying to show you something bigger. Right and so what he says is it has nothing to do with that right it has nothing to do with their actual flesh he was telling them to step out of the wilderness and into the promised land like actually do it right He was telling them to step out of darkness and step into light. He was telling them to step out of idolatry and to true fellowship. He was telling them to come up out of the world and into a life of promise and victory through a personal relationship with Him. It's the same thing that He's telling us today. Hey, you need to stop acting a fool, looking like the world, and you need to set yourself apart. You need to circumcise your heart. There has to be a spiritual operation. You might be like, well, how does that work, right? They don't go in and cut my heart apart. I guarantee you, you go in and cut my heart away from all the little, you know, lines that go to it, right? Because I don't know what they're called, but like, I'm going to die, right? That's just what's going to happen. So you can't like go in and circumcise your heart. It doesn't work like that. It's a spiritual operation. It's something that only Christ can do. Only Christ can come in and he can cut away all that old, nasty junk and say, this is pure. Now the rest of you, your mind, it's, it's no good, right? Uh, your thoughts, no good. Your body, not that good. As you get older, you'll find out why. Right? I hurt in places I shouldn't hurt anymore. We were talking about that earlier. This is stupid, right? But I can, I can purify this because this is the only thing that matters, right? I can use this. That spiritual God is telling us, hey, anytime you're reading about this circumcision, you're like, why does this matter? Because God is telling you, before you can go into battle, before you can step into the promised land, you're going to have to be circumcised from the world. You're going to have to look different. And if you think you're going to do both, right? It says in the Bible, you can't serve two masters. You can't look like the world and look like God. It doesn't work. And when you try, you look like you're a fool. That's what it looks like. I mean, I'm mean, i not saying, I'm just saying, that's what happens, Right? This is why circumcision is important. Like This is why we talk about it in the Bible, and it's like, why does this matter? Because God's trying to tell you that, hey, you're never going to get my blessing if you don't set yourself apart from the world. You might think, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Well, you can do it anyway. God's not going to bless it. They could have went and been like, you know what? We just crossed the Jordan River, right? And it was dry. These people are terrified of us. We're going to Jericho. Like I can tell you how that would have went. Because the next story after Jericho is they go to Ai who is like a tiny little town and they kick their butts. You know why? Because God wasn't with them. right? You're never going to have blessing in your life if you don't circumcise your heart. And that only comes through Christ. He's the only one that can do that. That's why it's important. This is why the Bible keeps talking about it and that's why you should care. So the next time you're like, why do we care? That's why. Because God is showing you something way bigger and way more important. right? And it's always Christ. Christ. Christ, it's pointing to Christ. I'm stopping now. That's one point. The next point's fairly short. I'll give it to you, so you're not I, I'll, I'll, that way. I'll give you the point. I'm just not going to teach the point. So, the first question that is answered in this chapter is why? Well, how did I how do word it? Yeah, required? why was circumcision required? Here's the thing: why did God stop? Why did God stop providing manna? Like why? What was the point? Like he provided mana for forty years. They were in the wilderness. Like so, why all of a sudden did they stop? And we'll get into that next week. And then the last question uh, is, it's really good, and we'll get into it uh, next week. So next week we'll finish this thing up. Uh, I have to to stay on my schedule that I had to have in my mind. So uh, we're actually done on time, even though we got started late. Sorry for being so short today, but. Uh, it is what it is. So we'll get into that next week. So why did God stop? Because there's some cool stuff there too. As far as uh, sometimes we gotta it, we gotta take that step and grow up and uh, be ready to provide for ourselves. And so uh, we'll talk about that next week. So the whole circumcision thing it it seems kind of weird. And you know we read it and we're like I don't know why can't they use a different word? Why can't they use a different picture? Because God is like there's no other way to talk about how God can go in and separate like. The the outer parts of your heart, right, which would be your body, uh, from the thing that's pure. What is God after in life? He's not after your works. He's not after like the things that you say about Him or you know the good thoughts, the good intentions you have. God is after a pure heart. Like you can have a pure heart and like say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have this really awesome outreach, or we're going to like really reach these people. We're going to really share the gospel with these people, and you could trip and fall on your face. Right? And be like, that was a total and utter failure. And God's like, You know what? Your heart was pure and I'm gonna bless it. Like, God is not after the intentions. He's not after all the other stuff that you can do. God is after your heart. And when you finally let Him have your heart, you'll be amazed at how much the blessing come with it. You know, and the same thing. They go into they go into the promised land and they're like ready to go. The people are terrified of him. Even says that at the very beginning of the chapter, the people are like, What what are we going to do against these guys? And God's like, it doesn't matter what they think. We're going to we're gonna get our hearts right before we go any farther, right? And there's a lot of times when we talk about ministry and we talk about, like, the things that we're going to do for God. Um, that, that's what you're doing. You're doing something, but it ain't for God, right? Be careful sometimes when, you know, we like to say, look what I had to do for God or, you know, I did this for God. And, you know, God's like, I wasn't even there. Like, that was all you, you know, Make sure that when you're stepping into ministry, when you're stepping into like the battle it, it's in the heart because God knows, and he's going to try those things by fire, and all those you know worthless things they're all going to burn up real quick, you know only the gold and silver, and precious stones are going to be set apart and so uh you know, with that let's uh let's pray just kind of think about that though there's 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 a huge meaning to what we talked about, and I know it was kind of short, but man God is. God needs you to be set apart from the world And it starts inside Father I love you, I thank you for today I thank you for being good to us Lord I pray that as we get out of here And we just kind of maybe meditate on these things a little bit We really understand And Lord I don't even think I completely understand The picture of what you're trying to show us here uh, God but there's a reason you use something so obscure uh, To try to, to get us to say Why did you do that? Because when we study why We start to see you know, really why And God you really just desire our heart more than our actions, more than our uh, intentions. God, just uh, come in and get our heart. Set it apart. Uh, our, our flesh desires wicked things. Um, it, they'll always be that way. But God, you can preserve the heart. And so I do pray that um, you would do that. You would just really be manifest uh, in our hearts, Lord, and you would uh, use us in turn uh, in our good intentions uh, because you know that they came from the heart. And so, God, I do pray that you just uh, send us out this week as Lights in a Dark World. Uh, we got a lot of things coming up over the next month. It's the Christmas season. And, uh, Lord, I do. I, I pray we don't forget about you. Uh, there are a lot of times there's a lot of Christmas happening, uh, but there's no Christ. And so, uh, Lord, uh, if nothing else, uh, just allow you... Uh, to be real this season and allow you or allow us to uh, maybe actually say something uh, to the people we're around because that's what needs to happen. Uh, not because they're going to hear us, but because they're going to see You. So God, I pray You just send us out this week as lights in a dark world. I pray You just preach through Pastor Brian as he uh, starts a new study uh, just on Christ and Christmas this morning and that You would just get the honor and the glory. I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Alright guys, I'll see you next week.